Welcome to Fly Cool Shit, the show where Jeff Petro and Mark Pollard talk about aerobatics, unique airplanes, aviation news, and so much more. Hey pilot, you're cleared to enter the box. Smoke on. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Fly Cool Shit. I'm Mark. And I'm Jeff. And this is not an episode about brushing your teeth. That is for sure. Is that not working? I don't think it's working. I'm trying to do like new intros. I get some ideas. I don't know. I like it. I'm I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. What's up, dude? Uh, Not much. It's cold here, but I'm feeling uh, I got my gray sweatpants on. So you know how the girls love the gray sweatpants. Um, Girls love the sweaties, dude. It's co- it's and, cold here um, too, man. Like I, I I I actually had to wear a sweater flying the extra today. I could have I could have not worn it and been a little chillier, but I was kind of happy I had it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, totally. Uh, but I'm super excited. We got Brad Worstein on the show, and I have never met him until about ten seconds ago, and I yeah. am a huge fan. But welcome to the show, Brad. Me too. Thanks, thanks for having me on, hey, Brad. Hi. So, um, we're, we're both excited. So I, I've, I've, we've been Facebook friends for a long time. I, we've, I've followed you for, you know, your air show, um, career, um, as a fan, but don't know much about you. N- neither of us know much about you personally. Um, so we kind of wanted to get to know you a little bit and talk, uh, talk some flying. Okay, cool. Cool. Uh, so you said you're in Utah. Um, I'm based out what of Logan, which the- is North, Northern Utah. So yeah. just north of Salt yeah. Lake area. What's the density um, altitude out there on like a normal day? <laughs> pretty high. Yeah. Eight, eight or anywhere from eight to 10,000. Oh, geez. Yeah. What's you that must like? go to a sea level air show and just love it. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. super in my mind. Yeah. That's yeah, incredible. I, I can remember the first time I ever did a, a sea level air show. I'm like, man, this is like legit. <laughs> pretty crazy what air, what airplane were you flying it in access in my mxs believe it or not i think my Jeez. first air, air show that i ever did was uh at sea level was the nascar race there in uh sonoma sonoma valley there so i think oh, that yeah. every uh, okay every, that's that's everybody really knows, close to me everybody yep. knows that you got the mxs and and you're ripping it up there i definitely want to talk about that but what were you flying before the mxs i have uh, extra 300. So when I first started out flying, that's what I, what I originally started in flying was the extra. Um, I purchased one back in like 2000, I think six. Okay. Um, and I flew it for four years. Um, yeah, I flew it for four years and then I bought the MXS that I have now in 2010 the, Which MXS was that? It was it was a Red Bull one, right? Yeah, I bought uh, from Alex McLean. It was his brand new one that he had. Nice. It only had like I don't know, maybe fifteen hours tops on it when I got oh, it. Wow. So wow, pretty much a new airplane. Yeah, I'd say so. And you you have the um, latest delivered MX, or I guess was odds after you, or were your is yours the last? Uh, delivery, the latest delivery from MX with your MX2. 
So mine is serial number three. Um, I think Rob's airplane is serial number two. Um, but yeah, I, I think so. I'm not sure though, but I think my, mine was, I, I got mine about a year ago. Um, again, it was just in primer when I paint, when I picked it up and I had, I kind of a hot rod type of a guy. So I have a paint, local painter here that does all my stuff and had him paint it for me. So, yeah. And, and everybody that's listening, if you haven't seen Brad's MX2, Google it and enjoy. I hope you have yeah. really, if you haven't had anybody take really high resolution photos of that thing, uh, you should and post it. Cause I mean, the paint job is insane. It's insanity. Yeah. We're just, I'm mean, just trying to get it all finished. We, you know, I've been, you know, work has just been crazy busy this year. And then, you know, so I, I only work on it when I pretty much have free time, which is not really very much. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I mean, do you, uh, do you own a machine shop? I do. Yep. That's yeah, what I do okay. for a real job. So pay the bills. <laughs> yep. Yeah. What kind of stuff do you machine? Um, I actually probably, so most of the stuff that we build are uh, aerospace components um, and gun manufacturing. Nice. So I would oh, wow. say pro- probably about 40% of our business is in gun manufacturing. Um, 30% of it is in aerospace components uh, and the rest of it's just miscellaneous you know fabrication type stuff i employ about 145 people um well that's a a serious operation then i have a pretty good operation going yeah nice so So what kind of gun what kind of gun machining do you do are you allowed to talk about it or is it like cia type stuff no i i build like gun actions um bolts all the you know like rifle barrels and and trigger guards and tactical rifles and muzzle brakes. Uh, just, I mean, pretty much everything to build a rifle we build. Like I probably manufacture for uh, roughly 10 different manufacturers that, that build rifles. And so like, I, I don't actually sell components to the customer or like to the consumers. We just build them for manufacturers. Okay. So, yeah. so let me ask you a serious question. Um, the fact that Mark and I are from California and New York, did you have any reservations talking to us about guns? No. <laughs> I, to be honest with you, I, I mean, I have guns, but I'm not like into guns. So it's kind of crazy. My brother is, yeah. but I'm not. <laughs> so flying is Can my you- passion. Hunting is my brother's passion, you know, so that's kind of where we're at. So I wow. gotcha. So anyway, so that must have been a big step going from the th- extra 300 um, to the MXS. What made you What made you want to go to the MXS? Because the SC was just coming out at that time too. Um, honestly, uh, I those those two airplanes came online at the same time because McLean, you know, obviously passed away. Um, yeah. And I was I've been a diehard extra man my whole life. I love extras, still do. Um, I had an LX up till last year. Um, that I use for doing sponsor stuff and, and all that kind of stuff. And, um, anyways, I, those two air, the McLean's two airplanes came online. Um, and I, I don't know. I was like, man, this is the, 
this is the baddest ass single seater on the planet. And this is what I want. And yeah. honestly, like I was not like flying wise, probably not the, you know, it was way over my head <laughs> for a long time. In fact, I purchased that airplane and it was in really late 2010, about in November. And I picked it up in January because I did some modifications for it. And I actually met Rob. That was the first time I ever met Rob Holland was in January. Um, and I was there in North Wilkesboro for about a, I don't know, probably about a week why they were trying to get everything finished because it didn't quite work out. But yeah. I actually tried to, I tried to get him to fly that thing to Utah for me. <laughs> it was, it was it was probably about the sketchiest flight that I've ever had in my entire life, trying to get up from there to home, considering oh, really? it's the, oh, yeah. it the middle of winter. Oh, jeez. So. And, and did you, was that your first flight in it? First flight. <laughs> so, awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it. I think at that point in my life, I had about maybe 300 hours total time in an extra and okay. zero in an MXS. Um, <laughs> I must have like, felt like a rocket ship. Holy shit. Well, it's kind of funny that how this whole thing worked out. So I went back there and did a test flight. As you guys know, like in an extra, like, you know, maneuvering speed is like 160. And, you know, you come in and just do a classic centrifuge. We'll call it a centrifuge and style maneuver. And an extra, you know, ideal maneuvering speed is 160-ish. And I, and honestly, I came in in the, in the MXS and I didn't even look at the, didn't even look at the airspeed indicator. And all these guys from the company are all out there sitting there on the front line of the hangar, stacked <laughs> up too deep, watching me, trying to make an ass out of myself, trying to fly this thing. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I came into the box and and I think when I pulled to the 45, I was doing probably about 235, 240 knots as I initiated the first roll. <laughs> and, I, and I'm pretty sure my neck is still bent from that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so. That's awesome. Yeah, it was a little bit of a learning curve. Um, my background, I'll tell you a little bit about my background. As I, I started – I've flown model airplanes since I was about eight years old. And that's kind of like one of my hobbies. I just love flying. And um, I purchased the, that extra 300 that I bought from Doug um, in, back in 06 and started flying. And I, didn't, I really didn't know a lot about flying aerobatics at all. Um, I talked to him quite a bit about trying to find somebody to help me learn how to fly. And I went to Sean Tucker's school out there in California for a week. Um, I took my very first lesson from Bill Stein, Bill Stein and, and Ben Freelove and Ken Erickson. All three of them taught me oh, yeah. for a week. I was there for seven days and they're great. I remember they're all great. They, they are fantastic. And, um, I remember talking to Bill and I said to him, I go, Hey, you know, I was like, I, I just can't afford to come out here and spend seven days at a time. And not, not to mention the price tag that it costs, you know, I mean, an airline ticket. I was like, I need to find someone that will help me in my own airplane. 
And he yeah. said, I, I asked him, and he's like, you need to go to Wayne Hanley. Um, at the time when I, when I started flying, um, it was kind of a, I would probably say kind of an emotional time for, for Wayne as um, Nick Nilmeyer had just passed away. Oh, yeah. Um, and I had stepped into that about a, probably about a month after that happened. And I asked him, you know, I was asking him to, to, you know, if he would be interested in taking me under his wing and teaching me how, and I don't know, he's kind of, I'm pretty sure that stuff like that probably doesn't sit real well with him when somebody dies, you know? And, and so it's, but I kept talking with him over the course of about, I don't know, probably six months. And I went out there that next spring and I started flying with him and he's like, you know, he just took me under his wing and I, and actually I flew with him for probably close to about eight years. So, um, he's the one that got me into flying air shows. I flew my very first air show on my, in, uh, my extra 300 out in Wendover in 2009, either, I think it was either 2008 or nine. Um, and I was scared to death. <laughs> <laughs> oh so, my god what, did you did you ever um do you do any competition did you ever do any competitions or you you wanted the uh, the freestyle flying more more than doing competitions so for me like i don't know i i've never i've never done any competition aerobatics um i i don't know it's, it's something that intrigues me i just have never done that mm-hmm. uh yeah, you would a, lot kill it. The, the, a lot of the reason why I have it is because I just pretty much I have to pick my time on what I want to spend it on. Yeah, sure. Uh, because time is always a, is a crunch for me. Uh, and so, I don't know, air shows were something that I got into, at, you know, back in the day. And I started, I just started off really slow kind of doing it. And as I got into it, I just, you know, I kind of loved it. And I have, um, I have a lot of really good friends that, are big time into flying. Like, I don't know if you know, Mark Leesburg. So Mark is actually Jeff's one of Jeff's buddies, uh, like really good friends. Um, Mark Leesburg's like a nine time world champion flying models. And, uh, I have a friend of mine that uh, he actually worked for me. He's, he's big time into RC, but understands full scale Duke Smith. Um, he works for me at my shop. But those, between those two guys and Wayne are pretty much responsible for everything that I've done. <laughs> I mean, they've, <laughs> they've done a lot of, as far as helping me out, as far as critiquing me and stuff like that. And so, but I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, I actually contemplated on trying to, you know, when air shows have pretty much been subsided since the last couple of years due to COVID, you know, um, I don't know. I thought about, you know, doing something like that, but I just, I don't know. Again, it's just, I time. always seem to find something as, as far as time is always an essence for me. So, yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just, the air show, the air show part of it, I like, I really like doing it. Um, I've met a lot of, of really cool people over the years doing it. Um, yeah, it seems like you're yeah. doing a lot more and more shows as the years go on. How many shows? I mean, COVID's kind of kind of hard to talk about with how many shows you do, but how many shows do you have planned for next year? So 
I'm pretty much about a 10 air show a year guy. So, um, I've done as many as 14, uh, and 14 is too much for me to juggle the business and my family and everything else. And so I pretty much kind of found my happy medium that 10 is 10 is my happy place. Um, so, but yeah, next year I'm is, you know, shaping up to be pretty good. I think I've got about five already booked, so we're halfway there. Are so, you going to do any on the uh, East Coast? Uh, no, I don't really. Oh, come on. So, <laughs> <laughs> don't bother. It's too long of a flight. I know. I'm going to go to the Bay Area. <laughs> it's too far for me to get out there. So I Get don't a know. ferry pilot. Come on. Airshow pilots to. don't do the cross-country stuff. You're better yeah. than that. <laughs> so, but oh man, because you make your way out to the West Coast, you go because uh, you did Seattle Seafair what last year? I don't. Uh, did they even do it this year? I I can't. See, Seattle hasn't done it for two years. I'm on schedule to do two it years. next year. Nice, that's so, right. You, yeah, you did it in 19, right? Yeah, yep. yeah. Um, so we'll have Hill next year. Um, I'll be there, Buckeye, Arizona, in the spring uh, in February. Um, I'm still trying to book a few down, a few more shows down in the Southern part down there, like yeah. El Centro and stuff. I'm trying to work with those guys and getting in. So we'll you must be getting happens. ready for ICAST to kind of fill out your schedule then. Cause it's, that's coming up. Yeah. Yep. I got a booth. And so yeah. I think the big thing that is, is really exciting to me, uh, the last couple of years I've been, um, as I've gone down to Buckeye, I've got, I've met, uh, John Melby. I don't know if you know, John. Yeah. Um, B. Yep. So John, me and John have become very good friends. Um, and actually we've not done a formation act together, but we kind of do a dual act together as far as the air show. And this year we are, uh, talking about, uh, I'm going to go down for about two weeks and try to knock out and do my formation card. Um, oh, sick. So down in down there in in March, try and get all that done, and then me and him are going to try and put together, you know, a formation act for the, you know, from here out and put something is he together. Gonna, just, is he going to fly the MX two? No, he's going to fly his pits. Okay. Are so, you looking for an MX two formation pilot? <laughs> Mark and I are available. <laughs> we are. Huh? Jeff is throwing his hat in the ring. Just say <laughs> we need a we need the MX two and MXS. That's what we need, you know. Yeah, that's what so, I'm saying. That's right. But so, um, so how is the MX? I mean MX two. I'm 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 jumping ahead here, but I think right, Mark. I'm too excited. We got to talk about the the new MX two that I just got. We're, so Brad, we're both we we love to jump around. T- timelines don't exist on the Flight Bullshit <laughs> Podcast, unfortunately. Um. So uh, there are there are some things I'll probably want to jump back and ask about air shows, uh, but sure. it doesn't have any relevance to a, a timeline. So let, yeah, right. let's, let's get into it because because um, you're all you're all MX aircraft. You're, I'm you're, all MX. Uh, so yeah. I'm all out of I'm all out of extras and into MXs now. So <laughs> did you um, did you test fly to Gamebird at all? I haven't. Okay. So I've actually um, I had a friend that had an Extreme Air up in Idaho. Um, I have flown that. I don't know what it flies like compared to that, but I don't, I just, the big thing that I like about the MX is it's, uh, it's, it's a true hot rod. Yeah. And 
Um, the flat envelope is so insane on the MX. It's, yeah, uh, it's it either MX. It's, it's really unfair. Insane. It's unfair, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> they're they're a good airplane for sure. So have you have you ever tried an inside tumble with the MXS? Well, I've only had so my airplane has all the small rudder components on it and the and that stuff. And so those maneuvers are quite a bit harder to do. Yeah. Um which is why I built this new airplane. I think the major shortcoming with the MXS um, in standard configuration that I have is the rudder. Um, gotcha. Simply, simply that. Um, it does not have enough barn door f- for the rear end of that thing. And, uh, you know, it's the MX2, like, uh, you know, I've been flying it since um, August, but I've only got about, uh, I think, 21 hours on it now. And probably about 15 of that has just been flying at flat and level, trying to get all the bugs worked out of it, trying to get it rigged, um, yeah. et cetera. So I've re- I really have got about five hours of doing acro in it. And like, it's, it's the, the airplane that I've always wanted. So that's awesome. It's, so you, it's going, hot, it's, it's going to be a hot, it's going to be awesome. So you're a hot rod guy and I'm like chomping at the bit here. Um, what what do you got going on with the motor? Like what kind of uh Oh yeah. What kind of we got nitrous going on? What do you what do you run on there? <laughs> a little alcohol injection, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, ima- I imagine Brad showing up to the air show and he's got like the big like quarter mile car, like the blower coming out of the cowling, you know, with the uh <laughs> you know, with the, with the intake that flips up and down. What do you call that? I'm sound like an idiot. What is that called? Supercharger. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so does your I mean, MX2? Um, does it, MX2 I mean, it, has, it sounds like it's like. <laughs> well, it sounds like you're from what you're saying. Your MX2 outperforms the MXS. Absolutely, yeah, yeah for sure. What does so, it weigh? Do you see yourself transitioning to it uh, and just taking the MX2 on the road? That's what my plan is. So I I still plan on keeping the MXS for what I'd really like to do is is uh try to do some maybe like air shows like in hawaii and stuff like that um and you know if i ever just need an an extra airplane i have it you know so um i don't plan on selling it as of right now um i don't yeah i I mean they're just too hard to come by so do you get a lot of people calling you to try to buy it from you or make offers so honestly, this, that's how I got started with this whole project was back in about 2015, you know, Red Bull was still going and I, I had people calling me all the time trying to buy that airplane. Um, and I'm like, man, I could sell this airplane for what I could build a new one for it. I could get all the new stuff that I wanted and I wouldn't even have to do any, you know, it would just be about a wash. Yeah. Um, I, so I, you know, I purchased I actually, you know, Chris Meyer went out of business and what like Rob's airplane is the last one they built in 2012. And then they went out, it took like a three year hiatus. And, um, I had talked or Chris actually basically talked me into coming back and, and, uh, purchasing one. And then I don't know, they had some issues with the business and it didn't work out. So, um, Jack bought the business over in Australia and, uh, you know, 
basically had contacted me first off to build components for the air, the airplane. Cause I built quite a few components for Chris when he was building stuff. Um, and so he was just sourcing, you know, existing vendors and that's, you know, I started talking to him about building me a new airplane and I just told him, I said, you know, why don't you build a couple of them first and then we'll talk. Yeah. So, um, you know, he built two, I gave him the order, um, uh, back, I don't know, it's been a couple of years ago. Uh, and so there, and would they, I mean, would they have issues with, they had issues with getting glue or something when Australia got, a, they had a massive lockdown, right? What? I mean, I think if you think COVID's bad here, I think they're in a lot worse situation yeah. over there. I mean, if you can imagine trying to ship every component to one of those airplanes from all over the world, it's, you know, shipping is just super hard right now. Was it, is this Jack's full time? I don't know Jack at all. Um, just, just through the internet and stuff like that. Is this his full time business? Cause I'm just curious. Cause doesn't the carbon shells come from Oregon? Correct. So yeah, they, I'm just curious so they, why he didn't open up in the U.S. Well, he's from, you know, obviously from Perth yeah. over there. Um, I think he has a repair shop over there that gotcha. he does other stuff. And so it'd be kind of hard to close yeah. that down and move over here to do this. That makes so. sense. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Because I always wondered, I'm like, to ship everything to Perth and then ship it back, it's a lot of, uh, a lot of shipping. Right. <laughs> yeah. But um, that's cool. So That's um, true. You didn't answer the question. So what do you got going on with the motor? <laughs> what the motor? Oh, well, it's a stock. It's a, it's just a 540 Lycoming Thunderbolt. Um, okay. Just stock motor from Lycoming. Uh, my MXS has a Lycon in it, which has more power um, than this motor does. Um, it's They're both great engines. Uh, my Lycon yeah. is a really good engine, but... Uh, I don't know. I just thought I'd try something different and see what it's yeah. like. Um, so what kind of propeller are you uh, running with them? Uh, hard cell. So I got the new, uh, um, shoot, what the hell was it called? The Talon? The, uh, Talon. Yep. yep. Hey, what are your, what are your so, thoughts on that thing? Nobody's really so, talked to us about it yet. I have, I, you know, so my LX had the dash 25, MT on it, square tip. MT. Yeah. Um, and I had the claw on the MXS, and I've always thought that the claw was the baddest thing out there. Um, Hardtail come out with this new prop. It weighs probably about 20 or 30 pounds less than the claw, and price Jeez. point is about 25,000 bucks less. Um, and it absolutely is mind blowing. Like it really, really works well. I love it. So oh, that's good to hear. I was, I'm thinking about getting one. I was really concerned. Um, you know, it's a big investment, but I actually talked, I actually talked to Mike Goulian before I bought it. And he told me you will not be disappointed. He goes, I promise it's a great prop. And, so that's what I bought. I've, I've always loved hard sell props. I don't, I, yeah. I don't really have a lot against MTs, but I just, I don't like the maintenance side of them, you know? Well, and yeah. unless you're sponsored by MT and you don't right. have to worry about it, like um, the chances of you getting a prop back that slings grease is really high and your maintenance <laughs> intervals are super high. Yeah. 
if yep. you look at it that that way, you know, um, especially, you know, the logistics of down in an airplane, if the airplane's used for for hire, like it's a flight school, you know, uh, aerobatic right. airplane or otherwise. I mean, your airplanes, you know, it, yeah, they got to make money if they're sitting on the ground. They're not making money. So what, know, are, so what are what yeah, are the overhaul? Yeah, I like the hard, the hard school. Um, I don't know, honestly. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I had I I really couldn't tell you on the uh, as far as the intervals on it. I know they're like my claw. I haven't done a single thing to it ever. And it's, I mean, it's just a bad so frustrating. Claw. <laughs> yeah. You know, every time I have like, to. Every other flight, I have to take the freaking rag and get the spray, and I have grease all over the windscreen. And Wipe the grease off. Yep. Yeah, it's just so annoying. Yeah, so annoying. Yeah, and, that, and MTs are like what the five hundred hour overall, right? Something like that. No, I, I get like hundred fifty, two hundred out of mine. You only get two hundred. Uh, well, yeah, um, yeah. They, a lot of them don't go to overhaul or the, yeah. the interval, but it's annoying. I mean, they're okay. The the acquisition cost is great. <laughs> yeah, but that's about it. Just speak, speak, the, speaking I of hard, green, bro. <laughs> yeah, I see the um, hard cells finally got those uh, their STC paperwork done now, so you can put them on the extras. So yeah, which is cool. Well, so, I was talking about wiping things off, and um, I wanted to talk about Lucas and how freaking awesome it is. So you're you're um, gonna logo that mx2 up with lucas right i am yeah we're in That's the process you, right now and you did, a, you did a full custom paint job uh just to repaint it with with a white lucas logo <laughs> uh right after right there you go <laughs> yeah i love i use the uh what's the the lucas uh the spray wax what's is there a special name slick to it? mist yeah, yeah slick mist is awesome I, yeah, dude, I have that in my closet. I spray it before I go out to dinner. That stuff smells so freaking good. <laughs> the I freaking goes. love it. Oh my <laughs> god, I love it. I even clean my kids. Like my kids want a bath. That's why they love bath night with daddy because I'm just spraying them now with Lucas. There you go. <laughs> and then my wife's like, "What'd you give him a bubble bath?" Yeah, baby, that, I did. That Long Island shower. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I love it. I I used to use, um, you know, we tried everything. You know, we were using Meguiar's, and then there was some special overpriced aircraft wax, was basically water. And then I went to Southeast Arrow, and they, you know, I had my, I had an extra two hundred at the time, and they had this stuff down there, and I fell in love with it. So now I do my uh, bi monthly Walmart trips to uh, whatever aisle that is, and pick up some Lucas first seven ninety nine or whatever. There you go. <laughs> Yeah. But, um, so, so what's the sponsor if they just give you free products, right? No. I do get free. You can I sell all, all the slickness you want. Yeah. There you go. Oh my god. So, um, but uh, but yeah. So how is it? What was I going to say now? So you have to logo that whole thing up. You got to get a new flight suit. Um, do you have to like do any like uh, company performances, like you know, like a meet and greet? with their company and stuff like that. Like any, uh, any new details with it? As far as that goes, no, not, not at the moment. Um, Huntington beach has always been on my radar to try to get into what's That's awesome. you know, their, their facility is down there in Corona, which is, is, you know, right there. So, um, my affiliation with them is much more than just a sponsorship. So I'll, I'll kind of give you the lowdown on how it all worked. It was actually back in about 2015, I was in Grand Junction, Colorado. 
Um, and uh, a friend of mine, uh, his name is Mike Knowles. He actually run a pro mod car in the NHRA. Um, I met him. I actually gave, I used to, well, I did a program called Elevate Your Life with Kids for uh, um, Greg Poe's foundation. I was just about to say, yeah, I, Greg, Greg Poe. I took that over after he passed away. Um, and anyways, I, I took one of his kids for a ride. Um, and he's, you know, he was a Lucas oil guy and it was pretty, we had a great time, took a bunch of pictures, uh, you know, did all that stuff. And anyways, I met a guy that was at that show. His name was Mark Stevens around a jet car. Uh, <laughs> also, awesome. also sponsored by Lucas. And, and, you know, I, I actually, so I, I was sponsored by a, a, a gentleman out of Logan, who is a really good friend of mine, Ed Callback. Um, he owned a, a business called EK Accessories, EK USA. Um, and I actually flew a Meridian for him for about three years, and he became a really good friend of mine. And I had him as a sponsor on 15, and we raced that car of Mark Stevens. Um, and we posted a picture. I had a picture of I was inverted about, I don't know, probably 25 feet off the top of his jet car at the finish line. You could see his face with the, you know, the afterburner going back. And it looked, I mean, it's just a really cool picture. Um, and we'd posted that picture on Facebook. Uh, and, you know, I wasn't really big into flying air shows. Not, I mean, not, I wasn't well known at all or well, I'm probably still not, but, uh, <laughs> so, but well, we know you I, and we love, you. I, lo- <laughs> I love, I love, I love fast cars and fast everything. And so were I, you, you know, were I, about to say the line from stripes with Bill Murray. I like fast right. cars and fast women. My friends go right. cruiser. <laughs> so I go to the drag races in Vegas every year and I was down there, uh, in Vegas and, there is, there's two jet cars sponsored by Lucas Oil. One of Terminal Velocity, and the other one's the the missile car. And I walked up to this guy. I had no idea who he was, and he. I asked him. I said, "Do you know who?" I was just talking to him. I said, "Do you work for Lucas?" And he goes, "Yeah, I do." And he's, you know, I he mentioned his name to me. His name was Tom, and um, I said to him, "I go, uh, do you know Mark Stevens?" And he's like, "Yeah, I do." He's like, Mark's a really good friend of mine. He's an ambassador of Lucas Oil. And I, he goes, how do you know Mark? And I said, I just told him, I said, you know, I raced, I raced him two weeks ago at, a, at an air show in Grand Junction. And he goes, are you the guy that was flying the airplane? <laughs> That's a, and I said, yeah. I said, I was. He goes, I seen the picture. And Oh, cool. And so I had met him. That, so his name is Tom Bogner. Um, he actually drove the Terminal Velocity jet car. Damn. Uh, for Tony Franco. And, but he was the director of sponsorships and of Lucas oil. He's the man that hires everybody that. And so like I was, and How I do you just, spell his last name. I'm just writing. <laughs> so anyways, <laughs> I was, I was talking with him and he, I said, what does it take to get on board with you guys? And he goes, he goes, well, he goes, let's talk about it. And he goes, I don't have a lot of time here. He goes, but are you coming to the SEMA show? And I said, yeah, I am. And he says, let's talk about it. So I, you know, I went to the SEMA show on Tuesday and I, I went over there and 
actually my dad was with me. I remember that. Uh, and my, just me and my dad walked up to him and was just talking to him for, um, I don't know, probably half an hour and just discussed with him, talked to him a little bit. Um, and it was just a foot in the door really, you know, and I didn't really expect anything of it. Talked to him again on phone, probably, I don't know, 30 days later. And then I ended up going on vacation. I took my kids to Disneyland and I just popped into Corona in February and, and was able to put a deal together with him for, I think it was 2016. And that's where I started. And it wasn't a lot as, you know, you know, product sponsorship and a little bit of money. Um, and, but it was a start, it was a foot in the door with the company and, and, um, you know, I just started building a relationship with them and over time, uh, you know, being in the machining business on, um, you know, I had some ideas as far as some avenues that they could go into as far as producing some products. And I helped them develop, um, actually a line of coolant for machines for CNC oh, wow. mills and stuff. And so I, I worked with those guys for several years, you know, testing and developing that stuff. That's um, awesome. So it worked into a relationship, you know, where Central Valley Machine, my business was was buying product and stuff like that from them, helping them out. Um, and in return, we built a really solid relationship that's worked out well. So um, that's kind of so just where it's gone. That's how you, you get know? a sponsorship, boys and girls. So, <laughs> you go. Yeah. So, um, what was I going to say? Um, so yeah, the, I love it, man. You spoke to the Don. We call uh, Gullian, uh, Don Gullian. The Don. There you go. The Don. <laughs> um, and you asked him about the uh, the Hartzell prop. Did he try to steer you into getting a 330SC? Because um, no. the, Don, the Don is all about extras. Yeah, I know. He is. <laughs> um, have you ever flown an SC? I have not, believe it or not. All right. So I was in uh, – when I – so I bought a – I bought that LX that I had in 2014, uh, brand new. And anyways, uh, bourbons was there and I told Veda, I tried to get him to let me, let me take it out there for a spin. (laughs) 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 I was down there getting some work on it, but no, it didn't happen. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. That's freaking wild. I've, I've always said that the extras are the most refined airplane in the world. You know, they're, yeah. they are a super, super good airplane. And I, I mean, I'll never talk anything bad about them because I love them. They're great airplanes. It, yeah. You described the MX well, though. It is like a hot rod, you know, because you're, it's heavily modified. You know, they, they all have hot rod. crazy, crazy motors in them. And they're the, they're the best performing aerobatic plane on the market right now. I mean, yeah. I hate saying it. And there's no <laughs> limit on it. Because like, <laughs> if you want to do something, you just do it. <laughs> So in my, in my terms, I'm a, you know, like I've been into to race cars and hot rods and drag boats and everything under the sun and snowmobiles and, and, uh, I consider the extra, the Ferrari of the sky, like it's the, you know, it's very, very, very refined. It's, it's perfect. And the MX aircraft is like the, I have a 41 Willys coupe with a 540 blown big block in it. And that's what I, <laughs> oh my God. That's, that's, that's what I refer to the. That's what you drop the kids off at school with. Right. (laughs) Have a good day. How much control do you want? How much control do you want in an airplane? All of it. How much power do you want? All of it. How much airspeed do you want? All of it. Smiles per gallon, dude. 
Yeah. Six miles per gallon. <laughs> I love that. So fly, oh, flying great. both or or being MX now um, and and having owned extras, what would you say? Is there something that you miss about owning extras uh, as you're flying the MX now? The thing that I've well, the, the thing that I mostly miss about my LX, um, it's very easy to put a big person in. Um, the MX airplane is, it's a lot smaller. Um, it's a lot, you know, it's, it's a lot smaller of an airplane. So your envelope of like putting someone in the front seat, that's a bigger person is probably generally a lot tougher. Um, that's not really like, it's not a huge, huge deal to me, but you know, yeah. like, it, so for years and years and years, you know, I've flown two airplanes to a lot of air shows. We've done, you know, I've done, I've done uh, all my air show stuff with the MXS and then I do the media stuff and, and kids rides with the, with the LX. And I kind of got to the point that I got really tired of just owning two airplanes and having to fly two airplanes to a show and finding a guy to fly the other one. And um, yeah. it just became not cost prohibited to like, you don't make any money. Yeah. And so costing a lot. I think Gary Ward is a really good friend of mine, super good friend of mine. And he's incredible, by the I way. I love I his just, MX2. Yeah, that guy is amazing. So and, how old is Gary right now? 80. So, 80? And he, didn't yep. he have, he had like open heart surgery and then like, I don't know, a month later he's back to flying air. <laughs> and he flies, he flies a hardcore air show too. He, the guy's a rock star, man. I know it's and he flies I, to to Valdez, Alaska. <laughs> yeah, right. I he's mean, in that thing, he's an iron ass for sure. Mark, that know? is why <laughs> if, if Gary Ward can fly to Valdez to go do an air show, you should get your ass to a contest and fly. For God's sakes, yeah. <laughs> eh. Eh. I don't know. Yeah, that's the ongoing joke okay, here. Yeah. Um, you know, Brad is that uh Mark maybe has a bit to a contest, so everybody busts his chops. Maybe Brad and I will go together. <laughs> There you speaking go. Of, speaking of which, how do you uh, how do you feel about gliders, Brad? Honestly, gliders. I'd love to I'd love to fly a glider. <laughs> they do a lot of it out here at my field in the summertime. And right. uh, as a spectator, I, just watching glider aerobatics. Um, I don't know. I'm intrigued by it, honestly. Yeah. So I think it would be fun. I haven't if ever had done a- it, but. <laughs> yeah. but yeah, we're not a fan. We're not a fan of the glider aerobatics, unfortunately. I, I like gliders. I yeah, but like watching glider aerobatics, it's been a it's been a topic of debate on the podcast yeah. before. Well, okay, <laughs> but I, I like gliders. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Wa- watching glider aerobatics, like I don't know. I'd rather watch powered aerobatics. You know, we gotta yeah. get Brad, Brad. You gotta you gotta fly the snow cone figure. Did you hear about the snow cone figure? I know your dog has. Your dog is really interested in the snow cone. Because. <laughs> Snow goes, but did you uh, see anything like that on Facebook? A lot of people were flying it. Do you know anything about it? I don't. Oh God! All right, we'll have well, to send you. We'll have to send you the figure. Man. Yeah, we'll send you one, and then you gotta. Do you use GoPros or anything like that for in-flight yeah. stuff? Yeah. Then you got We're gonna have a contest. Well, I don't want to get into that, but we're gonna have a digital contest. But it's basically how would you describe the figure, Mark? So it's basically it's a snow cone shape. That you do a snap on the 45 up 
Um, no, no. no you can do, do whatever do you it? want. You can do whatever you want. I guess. You, I, I guess you could. I, yeah. Well, I'll have to send you. We'll send you like the Arresty figure. So basically, uh, it's and, it's and a forty-five variances. Yeah, pull forty-five up, and then do whatever you want, and then pull around to to like a glorified Humpty bump kind of thing to forty-five down. Do whatever you want, and then out. It kind of shows. It's like a snow cone. So people have been doing it. It's it's okay. the latest rage. Latest rage. It's a joke on the on the podcast. Oh, this, I guess it's not a joke, but like, uh, I love snow cones, and so we talk a yeah. lot about snow cones. <laughs> this sounds like <laughs> something Britt Lincoln wants to put together with a red lipstick challenge. Oh, she's got a red lipstick challenge. I'll have to ask. I'll have to talk to Britt and ask. I will have to talk to Britt about that. <laughs> yep. You should actually. I gotta you know, find screw, out what this is. Screw a rusty air bag. So you should just come to the contest and do the four minute free, Brad. There you go. Right? That'd be cool. Make, make myself look like a real ass. I don't know. No, I don't think I've seen you no fight. Way, you freaking tear it up, dude. Plus, you, your plane puts out a ton of smoke. What do you have? Like four nozzles in there or something? Two. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It billows smoke. I love it. Yeah. How, what do you uh, do? You clean it, or or do you have one of your kids clean it? No, no, I do. And what do you? Oh, not, I'm not trying to product place here. This is a God's honest uh, question right now. What Lucas product do you use to cut the <laughs> grease? I'm, I hate that it's coming out that I'm trying to like talk about a sponsorship that way, but I'm I'm genuinely curious. <laughs> well, honestly, when I'm on the road, when I do that, it's Av Gas first on a rag and then slick mist. So okay. yeah, you got to get the idea. oil off first. So you know what I I used, which works really well. I'm sorry it's not Lucas, but the uh, Simple Green Aircraft. Yeah, that stuff works phenomenal. They give it to you. In That's like, a great degreaser. Oh my god, it comes in a concentrate too, and it cuts through everything. Yeah, the other thing I found works pretty good is, is just straight dawn. You know. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's the grease. Oh, duck oh. dawn works on wonderful. They use it on yeah. ducks, so why wouldn't it work on on planes? Yeah, yeah it's got to be safe for airplanes. Yeah, don't you feel bad when you see those commercials? They, I mean, like the poor ducks. It's covered in oil, and they're like, "Wait to wipe the duck. Let's let's get the right shot." The thing's like, "Just clean me, just clean me. I didn't need to shot." <laughs> the thing is, they're just making that duck suffer. It's terrible. Yep. Get you done products. <laughs> Brad, I'll, I'm gonna ask you. Uh, I want to ask you the the um, the kind of inverse question uh, to what I asked you earlier about um, what uh, was asking you about MX uh, and and extra. What do you, is there something about the MX? that you really miss extra when you fly the MX? Um, I have to think about that. Now, I mean, now that I've, you know, like I've had everything, I mean, I like the MX2, like I'm just really transitioning into it. It's taken some time because it's different seating position, but um, I don't know. I mean, I really, I don't know. I, I, I really like the seating position that the extra has. It's a lot more roomy inside for sure. Yeah. Um, the G's have got to be like so easy in the MXS. I mean, coming from an LX or any extra and going into the MX, you probably don't even feel it. Yeah. I mean, cause you're super reclined. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. Like the, the LX is just, or I haven't flown an NG either. I'd love, I'd like to, do, to try that out someday so but i don't know they're 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 super luxurious inside they're i mean they're you know 
seating yeah. position is big. You can stretch out pretty easy in them. These these airplanes are a lot. I mean, they're a lot more compact, but that's what it takes to go fast. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. So and and that's the that's the sacrifice you make is to to go fast. That's what it takes. You know, I mean, your wings a different shape. It's it's the whole it's the whole recipe really. And and I mean, I'm not dishing on extras at all, but like dish away. No, I'm not. I love them. But I, I mean, flying them in an air show, it's just, I don't know. I mean, the performance of the MXS is really there. I mean, it's, it's yeah. just got a lot of power. I mean, I do a lot of, I do a lot of air shows here in the West, you know, where, where density altitude is a major thing. And, you know, I, like I did one in Cheyenne, Wyoming, this, this, uh, summer in September and the density altitude was pushing 12, nine. Oh my God! Really? Yeah. And, Jeez. I mean, the field elevation is sixty four hundred feet, and you know it was a hundred degrees on Friday. So, I mean, and it gives me all the confidence in the world. And I don't have that when I fly the when I had my LX. You know, I mean, it's just it just it just doesn't have the vertical. Yeah. So, is there any? So you just got the MX two, which is brand new, and you've had mm-hmm. the MXS, and it's you know in essence the same same kind of build is there anything i know they're different models but generally speaking is there anything different about the mx2 that you wish your mxx mxs had well i love the tail group right you know, so the tail group that's on that mx2 basically is you know rob holland's the rob holland design um the big rudder big elevators you know more more throw you know plus and minus um, you know, to do all that stuff to my airplane, it's just not economical to, to, to cut it all off and, and put a new tail group on it. It's just, I mean, you're talking a ton of money to do it. Yeah. And, and, and but it's already an amazing performer anyway. So it's like, it is. Much- it's, I mean, it's a great, it's a great performer and you can, I'm sure that, you know, you can, I mean, you can figure ways around it by manipulating everything and trying to do it. Um, and there's just, I mean, that's just how all that stuff works anyways. But that bigger, I mean, I'm telling you all it is, the big rudder is the ticket. So, yeah, yeah. And, I, and for years and years, that's what I always wanted on my single seater. And I just wanted that, you know, that big yeah. rudder. So, so now did you, you said you had like 20 hours in the MX2 um, mm-hmm. and five hours aerobatic. Um, is, so the MXS, the rudder smaller. And is there anything is it more pressure now with the bigger rudder or can you really feel the difference or is it, you know, is it really noticeable? Can you just expand on that? It is noticeable. So stick pressure is a lot different. So like when I, when I first originally like got in that airplane and started flying it, um, I thought, Oh my gosh, this is going to take me, this is like starting from ground zero. Really? And I'm like, I'm like, cause I, you know, my airplane was, like I'm, there's no, I don't think there's no two of those X or no two of those MXSs are the same. Cause I've owned, I owned both, both MXSs from McLean at one time. I owned the one John Clatt had, I bought it from him and then I, I'd sold it to a friend of mine in, in, uh, Wyoming. Um, and his MXS was, was even a ton different than mine flying it you know, just the way that it handled and it, and 
Wow. So they're they're both. I mean, they're everything is set up to yeah. you know differently in every one of them. I mean, it's just you know, like my airplane has cropped ailerons on it, and John's airplane had full span. So there's a lot difference as far as roll rate goes there, you know, and I mean, everything just takes, it just takes time to figure out timing and, and feel and, you know, muscle memories is what I go back to is that, you know, like what it, you know, you just got to put your time yeah. and just start flying it. I never honestly like felt like I even was one and one with my MXS probably till I had 200 hours in it. I mean, that yep. thing would kick my ass every time I'd go out there. And I was like, <laughs> you know, yeah. I just kept working with it and working with it and working and, and refining. Dude. And, and so, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's a, yeah, it's a rocket ship. That's awesome. Did you have anybody help rig, help rig it with you? Like tweaking the spades or anything like that? Or did you do that all on your own? So on, my MXS, I pretty much did all that on my own. Um, nice. I've copied a lot of it as far as what I've done from the MXS to this one. I have asked Rob, a, you know, a few questions about it. He's been very grateful to help me out as far as giving you some pointers as far as how he sets things up. Um, I'm still working that. It takes time to, you know, it's just one thing at a time working on that stuff and, you know, yeah. I have two different sets of spades that are different shapes, uh, you know, as far as wanting to try a different shape and see how much, if they're more aggressive or less aggressive or et cetera, you know, so I'm still in that area of, you know, of development, yeah. I guess. So, so what else you got in the hangar? So you, you got the MXs. Do you do any, uh, you have any cubs or any uh, like slow flight airplanes? I do. I have a super cub. I got, uh, oh, that's awesome! I got a 1988 Super Cub, so I have one of the last ones. Wow! Oh, yeah. So, yep. How, how often do you fly that thing? I that that is actually my most favorite airplane to fly. So, yeah. Um, that's my Sunday flyer. Nice. So, you just go around town with it, or, or I mean, you know, around. Yeah, I mean, I live area. in the mountains here in in you know northern Utah, so I mean, there's tons of places to go. Um, I, uh, like, like my most favorite place to go on that airplane is the, out on the salt flats, just straight North of the great salt Lake out in a place called Kelton. Um, I mean, it's, it's just super fun to go out there. Just, yeah, it's, it's like going That's to awesome. the high Sierra flying or burning man. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, oh, that's cool. Is that going to be like the uh, station wagon for the air shows? Where you no, bring all the gear with it? <laughs> oh my god, way, that takes way too damn slow, dude. <laughs> so, Very true. How Very are you true. not in the back of this Meridian with these ferry pilots uh, ferrying you around? Yeah, you, well, got, you, gotta, you gotta get some ferry pilots. I do. I gotta find somebody to fly this damn thing for me. So. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Mark and Mark and I were along about six months ago. We were talking about starting up like a Jerry Maguire type air show agency where we represent air show pilots and. Man, if you came on board with us, we'd we'd have you ship sipping champagne, eating pizza oh, yeah. like Kevin McAllister and Home Alone. You wouldn't even you probably yeah, wouldn't even have to You'd have my being caviar all back in the and everything. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Red carpet. 
you know. What, oh, is this lavender fabric softener they use this time? I like this one. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, 100%. I want to I jump back on the MX because I have uh, one question and I want to uh, ask before I forget it. And, right. and I actually don't know this. Uh, Jeff, you may know this. Um, I actually really don't know this. This um, the, the answer to this question. When MX builds an airplane, Eric, you said that no two MXs are, are are alike. Do they build to order, or is it more of like, are they just continually refining the product? I would probably say they they more so build to what exactly what you want. Um, so they're they're the have it your way type of an, a company, you know. Like as far as avionics, there's nothing standard. Uh, I I mean. Almost every airplane that they built had different everything in it, you know, from Garmin stuff to, you know, some Blue Mountain Ephus. <laughs> That's what mine mine had some Blue Mountain Ephus in it that didn't work very well, but it was super light, you know. That's all, it works. That's sure. <laughs> so for five or six years, I flew around with a 496 in there and I hated it. You know, and I'm like, when the G3X came out, I'm like, this is what I'm putting in it. And so I had Del Collar, uh, you know, put all that stuff in it for me. So, and Del's the man. Del's a great kid, and he is a he's definitely a good person. So, yeah, yeah. So well, I've done a lot of work with those guys for sure. He's, actually, so did you have any work to do in a Yak 110? I, I was just gonna say I built a lot of the components for that. I, I'm no way. I I built all the main spars mm-hmm. and for Jeff or for Jeff and on that thing. It's pretty cool. I have a lot of pictures of it. Did they I let think, you fly it? That spar was the the engineering and the the build quality on that. I I remember watching the videos and seeing the pictures. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. Did you, did, did you get to fly it, Brad? No, I haven't flown it. This, I've watched this is Jeff wh- fly it. He's pretty amazing. This is why you got to sign with us because we would have made that part of the agreement. You, we, <laughs> you get a spar, you get to fly. There Mark, he's, Mark, he's missing out, man. <laughs> I need a, I need a negotiator here. <laughs> yeah. You get an Apple TV at every at every uh, air show stop and yeah. unfettered access to the Yak 110. Every car, every rental car will be ready at 71 degrees interior temperature <laughs> and all-wheel drive. You're hired right now. <laughs> Somebody will hold an umbrella for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There you go. And shine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. We got to get on this, dude. I I imagine, I imagine Brad like getting out of a white limo, but like not a new limo, like a 1970s limo with red interior. (laughs) And like you and I would be in white suits and like umbrellas. And then we'd just be, yeah, we'd just be spraying him with Lucas fine mist to get him scented up. Right. We got to have our pit vipers on too, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I actually wanted to ask you about that. I'm so glad you brought that up. Because <laughs> you you brought them on as a sponsor this year, right? Yeah, I did. So, yep. That's, that's... <laughs> oh, I can't take. I love it. Vipers. I can't take them. I love it. I've seen. I've that's seen. Awesome. I saw the picture you posted. You guys can pull them off, but there's some people that they who, whoever they come wear. up with that is an absolute genius. I mean, they're they're marketing. Is so is like off the chart. I don't, I don't know if you ever follow them on Facebook or not, but you got you got oh, to check out them. their marketing. <laughs> yeah, so it's oh, funny. Yeah. You 
you bring up a really good topic. I, I didn't even tell Mark this. And, um, you know, maybe you can weigh, on, weigh in on this, uh, Brad. So um, Nationals, the National Air Battle Champions just happened. And um, there was a little drama there. I'm not going to lie. Um, but, I, you know, Mark and I always talk about making contests fun. And, you know, obviously it's serious and you have to fly safe and yada, yada, yada. But there's got to be a fun aspect to it. And IAC 23 to Sebring chapter in Florida, they do a really cool thing called the Bozo Award. I've never been to the contest, um, but I've heard a lot about it. And it's, I think it's the fact that I haven't been there. And I think it's one of the best contests in the world. I think it says a lot. Everybody that goes there has a great time. Anyway, I would, I was thinking that it'd be great. I mean, you almost have to ask IAC 23 for the permission to use the idea, but we can get, if we can get Pit Viper to sponsor the quote unquote Bozo Award at Nationals, but instead of wearing a clown costume, whoever made the biggest boo boo or dumbest mistake would have to dress up like Randy Savage from WrestleMania with Pit Vipers. Like nice. that, that would be the contest. I like that I, a lot. <laughs> guaranteed, How, I can make it happen. And then, and then, really? Oh, <laughs> oh we got to work on this. And then, like you, because Macho Man had had pit, basically had pit vipers, right? Yeah, yeah. So, how fun Dude. would that be? You got, and then you got to walk in with the either that or Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ooh, Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, just come like running, just come sprinting like in, come sprinting in, and just tackle—I <laughs> don't know—tackle <laughs> the national jury. <laughs> so dumb. Give the uh, give the IAC jury to people's elbow. There you <laughs> go, <That's> people's elbow. <laughs> anyway, I sorry. love it. Here I go again, getting off topic. <sighs> you and your ADHD. ADHD. <laughs> you sound like Mitch Blinkovich. Speaking oh of my Mitch. Gosh. <laughs> yes. Mitch. Oh, so Mitch. How great of a guy is Mitch? We love Mitch. Mitch we love him. Um, so did you have to, so did he talk you into getting an MX2 or you were already sold? Cause it's just an amazing aircraft. Well, so I've known Gary for quite a long time. Um, I don't know. I just, what I really wanted to do was find when I do some of these air shows that I do the media rides in, I just wanted to find something that I could simply do everything I wanted to do in one airplane. Totally. And so that, that's why I did the, that's why I built the MX two. So I try to eliminate flying two planes to an air show. Um, so, you know, like I do Seattle and Seattle's a must to do sponsorship rides. That's how, you know, they give all their high-end guys, uh, high-end sponsors, you know, a, a ride. And I actually have developed a lot of relationships with a lot of those people. And they, that's probably why I get hired back every year. Cause it's gotta be like, phenomenal. <laughs> it's gotta be great networking for your, for your real job. I mean, cause yeah. you know, you're meeting these, these, uh, white collar type guys and everything like that. And, and you never know. I mean, you know, cause you're busy kind of intertwined, it seems. So yep. it's, it's almost like how to describe it. Um, you know, you get to fly aerobatics and, and make it feel like work, but it's not work. <laughs> you know, it's right. really great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So, so yeah, Mitch, um, what's the deal with Mitch? Tell us about Mitch. How would you describe Mitch. him? <laughs> Man. <laughs> when well, he's I talked to him, I, I talked to him about every other day on the way to work. <laughs> So for about 10 minutes, <laughs> oh my it's, kind, God. it's kind of turned into a love hate relationship, you know, 
we have names for each other. Yeah. That I, I can't divulge here, but I got you. sure it's all good. Oh my God. <laughs> I rem I remember when Mitch had his, um, he used to have a Giles G202 and, um, before he painted it in like a Ducati scheme, it was this, it looked like it was, it could have been on the show game of Thrones. It had like dragons all, it was pretty sick paint scheme, it was but his throttle, yeah, but his throttle was a, was a chromed out skull. <laughs> I thought it was nice. the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and the best part is my uh, my best friend Matt, who lives in Colorado right now. He was at we were in Wildwood, New Jersey. We we're at this contest, <laughs> and this is when like GoPros first came out. So we're just hanging mm -hmm. out, and Matt and I are just watching some macro. And Mitch comes out to us. I didn't know Mitch, and he's like, "Hey, can you guys videotape me?" So we're like, "So Matt's like, okay, whatever." So Mitch takes out of his pocket this headband device that hooks up to a gopro so he's like just wear this and just look at me <laughs> while i fly so my buddy matt has got this gopro's like generation one this brick on his head <laughs> just like and all you see is his head moving back and forth and back and forth recording mitchell <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah he's a character man he's a oh, he's character a, he's awesome what's going on with that does, does anybody he, does anybody well hold on do, do we know if, if he's on timeout from Facebook or not right now? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Love you, he, bitch. He's currently raiding the White House. Probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Going off on a tangent. Oh, I love it. He's so easy to get riled up. <laughs> yeah. Did he so. any information on MX? Because we we're really super excited that you got your airplane. Excited, Rob got his. Excited about Odd. Um, a friend of ours, Alan, is getting an MX two, and another friend of ours, Jim, is getting an MX. So it's not to go through the list here, but you know, it's making things very excited within the aerobatic world. And you know, it was it was um, we anticipated these airplanes coming to the uh, to the to the US so much, but there was COVID issues. Is that all been dealt with? Are, are they got their, all the kinks worked out? Because it's a relatively new company, so it's you know growing pains there. Can anything you can kind of let us know about there? That's that you're comfortable so, talking about. I mean, as yeah, as far as as far as a company, I mean, with anything, I mean, I mean, I've you know, you got to understand, I've known everything that's on the inside of this company from 2011 to what's happened to this very day, and. And Honestly, what? you, Rob, and Gary are probably some of the long, longest time running customers of MX, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, there's I, a few here and there, but uh, you're a pretty long time customer of MX. Yeah, um, you know what Jack's done, and as far as a hurdle, is just mind blowing to me. I mean, he's had. I mean, just imagine buying a company and <clears throat> loading every single component into a, a shipping container and shipping it to Australia and unloading it, and so here it is, set it up and try and manufacture and build an airplane when you've never done it. There's yeah. no manual. There's no instructions. It's, I mean, it's so. And it's, you want to make it, it safe. Right. So, you know, there's, I, I mean, per personally, I mean, like I actually had the opportunity to purchase a business, you know, back before he did. And I was like, and I looked at it and I'm like, there's no way I, I want to do this. You know, I, I'm like, I just, I don't have, I don't have it in me. So for him to do that, like I really commend him for wanting to do that and try to keep everything alive. I mean, 
I think it's great. You know, competition's great. It drives everybody to be, to build something better, you know? And, you know, I, I mean, I've lived in competition my whole life. I've, I met, you know, I, I owned a snowmobile company and built high performance snowmobile engines my whole life. And that's what, that's what drove me to the top as far as where, where I was at, you know, and build something better than the competition. And that's, and I truly believe that he's on a road that he's getting there, you know, with all the supply chain issues that are out there now. I mean, and it doesn't really matter in his world. It's everything in my business. Materials are super hard to get. I mean, in construction, it's the same thing. And so it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a kind of a challenging thing for the next couple of years, I think. Uh, And I hope all that stuff gets ironed out. I think everybody does, but um, I think that, you know, he, he definitely, his heart and soul is in it um, and wants to build the, the baddest airplane out there. And, you know, and, and so much as so does Philip Steinbach and Walter extra. And so I think, I think they're all great. I mean, they're, you know, but competition's great. It makes everybody rise to the plate, you know? So, yeah. On that note, I, I, I'm, I'm curious to see your thoughts on this. I've made a claim and it gets, it gets uh poo pooed a lot. I'm, I'm, I, I still am kind of of the mindset, um, especially after talking to you about the MX two and, and the current state of the MX two, that mm-hmm. the single seat unlimited aerobatic airplane, the, the days of that airplane might be numbered, especially when you look at the performance of the MX two compared to the SC. Um, if more people get the MX two in its current iteration, you might I, you might see uh, a definite shift in where, especially like the NG, the Game Bird. I mean, you're seeing the level of of two seat, even certified airplanes, but you know, certified or not, uh, that level being stepped up. Do you think um, you're? I mean, with the MX two being the way it is, that that the single seat experimental airplane uh, might be going away. Yeah, I do. Um, for the simple reason, it's just, I mean, I'll tell you the reason why in my standpoint, I mean, it sucks going on the road all by yourself. Yeah. You know, I mean, you go to an air, it, unless I put somebody in my airplane and have them fly it and then I fly and I fly the Meridian, uh, you know, and again, then you don't make money. <laughs> so, but, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know, it, but it's, it comes down to, you know, you can put somebody in the front seat that, that can go with you, whether it's my daughter or, uh, you know, I have a, I have a two 15 year old daughters that one of them I think will be super interested in, in flying air shows down the road. And that's, that's like my biggest, well, I think will be my biggest accomplishment is trying to pass the torch to her. Um, or maybe a father daughter duo. That's never, I don't think that's ever happened in air shows, a father daughter duo like formation team. That would be cool. Yeah. That would be really I, cool. You know, she's 15. She's, she's going to start, she's going to start flying here in the next probably six months. Um, you know, and, and I really, there's, there's a kid down at the airport. has got a 150 aerobat that I want to buy from him. I've been trying to buy for a while, but to, to let her learn how to fly to, you know, just do everything in. So, um, but I don't know, for me, I think that's kind of where I'm at in life is, I don't know, I, I just, I want, I wanted the two seater. So number one, I can take somebody with me to the air show. Cause it's just, I mean, gosh, I mean, you, 
airline tickets are yeah. expensive, and sometimes you go to an air show and they're in remote airplane, remote places. You can't get <laughs> yeah. someone there. You know, you got to drive four hundred miles to get there. And it, it, yeah, it's, a two, it's a two leg airline commute plus right. a rental car for hours and hours. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, How does he? Um, so you've been flying the MX two, and you know, one up in a two seater, you're always going to feel a little FCG. You know, I'm guessing compared to the MX two, do you like that better or? Is it better for you? I know you don't have too much time flying the new MX2, but um, what's the deal with that? Is it is it, you like that feeling or anything you describe there? Well, so this my my airplane, the MXS has a has pretty forward uh, CG on it, especially with the claw because it's a really heavy prop. Yeah. Um, and this airplane, I had them build it. We put the we put the battery behind the seat so you put the battery there's two different locations you can bolt it so if you want more even more aft cg you can bolt it even farther back um but currently where it's i mean it's, it's literally right behind my butt in the in the airplane it, it i mean it performs from what i see it will it will be just fine and with a bigger tail group on it, it you know obviously that weighs a little bit more um and, uh, you know, honestly, you're sitting a little bit farther back in the fuselage than you are in the S. And so it's all in reality, it, it, it has a whole different feel than what my single seater does. Um, but after flying it for 20 hours, you know, doing test flight after test flight, my like I'm really getting to where I'm pretty comfortable in the airplane. Um, and I really like what it has to offer. Um, it's very positive. So what's, what's um, the most shocking element of the MX two. Now that you're, you, you said you got about 20 hours flying straight and level getting used to the airplane. Obviously it takes a long time to get used to an airplane and, and get and build the confidence to take, uh, to take it through an air show routine and then obviously bring it down to the deck. What, what, what's been the most surprising element, um, of getting to know the MX two, the rudder and the elevator for sure. Um, it's a whole different feel. The elevator is a lot heavier. Um, and again, I don't have a lot of counterbalance or a lot of weight in the counterbalance in the front right now in the elevator yet. So that could change with, with putting more weight in the, in the fronts of those and dialing that in. Sure. But the, but the sure. rudder, I mean, you gotta, you gotta look at the aspect you're pushing probably 30 to 40% more through the air and probably 10 degrees more each way. So you really like, you, you think about That's your emotions, your emotions when you make a snap roll or um, your timing of all that kind of stuff is just off because you like you're it just you know it it just physically takes some seat time to figure a lot of those things out. Um, sure. So I would say those two things are probably the biggest thing. Um, it's very authoritative; like it will stop on a dime. That's probably the like the biggest thing that I love about it, like it's just now, you know, and it's, you know, one of my signature maneuvers that I do in there. So I don't know if you've ever seen as a thumbs up. Um, and, Oh, I did you know, see when, that. That's a really cool idea. I'm just remembering. I saw that a couple of years ago from like a YouTube video. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, you got to see this figure. It's so cool. So I'm going to Google it. So <laughs> when you, when I do a thumbs up, you know, you're, you're counting, you're doing an upright flat spin to do each knuckle. You pretty much got to rotate. You, you got to plan on stopping on the fourth knuckle about right at, at about three rotations. 
to get it to stop on point. Um, Jeez. This airplane will stop right now. So it's it's nice that way. Like it's because it's got, I mean, essentially you just got this huge barn door out behind it that's <laughs> yeah. you know, counteracts everything. So that's crazy. What exhaust system you have in there in the new MX2? Um, it's a six into one. It's just one that, that MX builds. It's very similar to a Sky Dynamics. So, okay. And is yeah. that a, uh, it's a, what you call it? It's a scavenger on it for the, uh, yeah. okay, yeah. cool. That's kind of hard well, to get right. Right. Cause if you build up is. any that's, negative, that's one of the things that I, that I'm actually working with right now on mine is trying to, to get, I do, I do have a little bit of an issue with that. You suck um, out all the oil if you don't get it right. right. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're working on that as trying to figure out a few things on that. Um, yeah. So I've been in contact with uh, with Ken over there at, at Sky Dynamics trying to help me out a little bit. So we're working awesome. on that. They're awesome. So, yep. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, sick. The guys at Sky Dynamics are great. Uh, would you say uh, so, Jeff? You and I'm um, actually Brad. You you would probably uh, agree as well. Like extras, you know, every extra I've flown has felt like an extra, um, mm-hmm. and the way they do things are very uh, predictable. Like you know, stick forces feel very uh, linear, and and what you would imagine they should feel uh, for a given pull, and maybe that's just because one is used to the extra. Um, but mm-hmm. I, you know, even flying the pits and, and going from different aerobatic airplanes, you kind of feel this like direct relation to, okay, the harder I pull, the more G's I pull, the harder it is to pull it, it very, that relationship is, is very, um, relatable. Do you feel like the MX2 and the MXS are the same manufactured airplane or do they feel like completely different airplanes? Are there any similarities, I guess, in the way they fly? Well, yeah. I mean, as far as how they fly, they, they're very, you know, they're, I mean, they fly, really close to the same as far as you know speeds and and stuff like that but like i said my my single seater again is like it's quite a bit different than than the mx2 because it doesn't you know it doesn't have the full span ailerons on it and the and the big tail group so yeah as far as those two you know those three those those three things in general there there's quite a bit different um yeah yeah, it almost makes it like uh, the small tail extras versus the large tail extras. I mean, right. obviously it's more exaggerated, but yeah, yeah, yeah that makes sense. Speed wise, everything is there still. Like it, it, it has the same energy management. So it just becomes down figuring out timing things and stick pressures and muscle memory for doing certain maneuvers. You know, as far as that's what I'm learning right now. Um, so I, you know, I've been trying to fly this airplane at, at least once a day and, you know, winter's coming and it's harder to do. So, but yeah, yeah. so, but that's, you know, it, it will come. It just takes time and, and, uh, but yeah, I, I'm really excited to work on it, you know, next year when, when, uh, spring comes around and we get a little bit warmer weather, you know, really start training and learning some new stuff and, um, this air, this particular airplane, I had them build it with a heater, um, <laughs> but she did a really Smart. nice job. So, um, it's it, it's all built right into the side of the fuselage on it. It's it looks very professional. It's and actually works pretty decent. You know, like I do, 
I do some air shows down in Arizona, like the first and second week of February. And it, I have never left Logan when it was not five below zero. <laughs> yeah. Know? And it sucks. Like, I mean, oh, it's literally nothing an hour worse. and a half of just freezing your ass off. Like, so. Jeez. You ever wear a but, heated flight suit or anything uh, when, you, do, when you get so. out of uh, Utah? Yeah. Well, I have, so I have a heated flight suit that I wear that I plug in um, socks and pants and coat and all that stuff. And it definitely helps. So, yeah. but that sounds miserable. Yeah, it's, it's not. Really well, I, I, I did. I, I wore one ferrying an extra out of uh, Pierre, South Dakota in the dead of winter. And it, mm-hmm. I'll never forget how freaking miserable that was. And, and it's so funny. The guy asked me, he's like, it was, it was Jim Pites. Jim Pites brokered the deal and I was uh, ferrying the airplane out. And uh, Jim's like, Hey, you want this? Uh, this this airplane came with a heated flight, so you want to wear it? And I was like, I don't think I need it. And he's like, You need it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, all right. And it, it may have only, I boy, I'm sure there's a, a rating on those heated flights of like, kind of what they'll what they'll you know up the temperature to or or what they'll cut. You know, I, if it was 10 degrees, maybe it was 10. Deg- I don't know. You know, you make, know it, make it 10 degrees warmer than it normal. But it was it was significant enough to notice like that's okay, the, uh, this that's the other it. thing too brad is if you sign on with our agency the only air shows you fly end in the word beach so huntington beach, <laughs> beach nice. ocean beach no heated, no, no heated bullshit suits nothing we don't play that go. game <laughs> nice the only deal <laughs> The only thing that's going to be what? cool is the is the pool, the the hotel pool that you'll be staying at. There we go. And, nice. and margaritas. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> margaritas. Yeah. The only, the only things freezing are going to be the margaritas and uh, the, yeah. yeah, and yeah. yeah. Um, love it. I, you know, speaking of Huntington Beach, going back to that, I'm I would love to see you perform there. Um, that it was such a shame to see Sunday cancel. We talked to Bourbon about that uh, on the last episode, and. Um, the production value, the way uh, it was streamed on Hulu, the performers list, obviously the weather. It was um, incredible. Which, you know, everything about that show had every just there was nothing wrong with the, with how that show uh, other than canceling Sunday of how it went. Yeah. Um, what a cool freaking show. I, I mean, actually want to come our, out next year. Can you host me? It would be nice yeah, to get there. So, so, so as, as your as your management team, can we can we like bunk up? Times are tough. Times man. We're just getting. It's a startup. Can you I know? sleep? Can I you sleep in the team? We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually told. Um, I think I told Rob uh, last uh, when we were talking um, a month or two ago. I was like, I think next year I'm going to come down. Dude, can you imagine it's this lineup? What if it's such a lineup? What if Brad if next year's lineup was Brad, Sammy, Rob, Goulian, Bourbon, Mike? Yep. Oh my god. I, oh I mean, god. who else do ridiculous. you need? Who else do you need? Kirby the dog. Us. Chambliss. You can't forget Chambliss. Chambliss. My bad. My bad. Yeah. 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 yeah he flies an edge, and is you know we don't really want to talk about it, but. Who's he your um, Who's your aerobatic hero? <laughs> yeah, he is, uh, Brett. And it can't, Ooh, I can't. I wouldn't question. say. Great question. Yeah, because don't say Gary Ward because you, you're like you're friends with Gary Ward, somebody that you're you're not really close with, um, and kind of had a major impact or some type of somebody you like. Wayne um, Handley. Yeah, for he's sure. Great. Love Wayne. Do you know what's going so, on with his Turbo Raven? I know it's it's obviously it was in the accident. It's, I believe it's in a hangar somewhere. 
Um, can you rebuild? You have a machine shop. Can you rebuild that and fly that, oh, please? In my sleep, you know. <laughs> please, yeah. Can you can you can you just get on that? You know, whatever. Can you please you do? Know? I'm on it. I'm on. <laughs> Wayne is Actually, amazing. Wayne, did he? He's amazing. Yeah. Did he give you inside so when, baseball on the Raven? So when I when I was training with him years ago, um, we actually flew his Bonanza down. He actually took me down to where it was at. It's in California. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's either it's, in King City or it's in Salinas. I can't remember. I, or it's one. I, it's one of those air, airports around. It's. I think it's right by King City because it was just a little airport. Yeah. I remember it, and. I remember looking at it, the wings were in two pieces and the fuselage was all there. Uh, there was not, not a lot of skin on the fuselage, obviously. Um, but yeah, that's, that's been seven years ago that I think that I saw that. So somebody, uh, I think the place that was that owned it was wanting to put it up in a museum somewhere. Nice. Um, so uh, you'd have it to ask him. Yeah. So, did, you actually, was, uh, did you fly to Pine Mountain Lake? And uh, when you did uh, training, did you go up to Pine Mountain Lake and, and do it there? That's yeah. That's where I did everything. So, yeah. yep. So, yeah. He he's awesome. But yeah, I, th- I think as far as the person that's made the biggest impact for me, obviously, has been him. He, you know, he was very uh, generous. He took me under his wing, taught me everything the man knew. Um, that's awesome. That taught me the ethics of how the business worked. Um, you know, the the air show. You business, still stayed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the air show business is a very hard business to get into. Um, it's you know I, I mean me personally, I think the industry is gonna is in kind of a rough shape. I think there's a lot more people that are exiting that are than are entering. Um, yeah. And, you know, I don't like, I don't know. I, I mean, I think their, their standards are great. I, I, I totally support 100% every single thing that, you know, about the, you know, the protocols that they, how they bring you up and the levels, you know, as far as your ACE cards and evaluations, all that stuff. But um, I think there needs to be some kind of a mentorship maybe from some of these, you know, pioneers and take some of these you know, younger generation people under their wing and, and teach them the ropes so that the industry doesn't die. Yeah. You know, and you know, that's kind of one of my things. Like when I, you know, it's flying the air. So it's cool to me. It's, I, I love doing it, but you know, like probably one of the, the funnest things that I've done is the elevate your rides, the elevate your life stuff with those kids. And, you know, I've given, I, I've probably given 200 rides in my era that's know, awesome for the Poe Foundation, and you know, to see the reaction of some of these kids' faces. I mean, they'd never in a million years be able to take a ride in an airplane of that caliber. And like firsthand, like I know for a fact that it's made some differences in some of these kids' lives. You know, I follow them on Facebook. I see what they do with their life. You know, in general, and it, you know, it gives them something to achieve. You know, I I was no different. Like as far as how I grew up. I had like literally like nobody in my family is, is aviation, like nobody. And like, I'm just, I don't know. I always said that I'm, 
you know, I'm one in a million as far as the way that I'm built. <laughs> so, and wired, I guess you would say, but I, I don't know. Like I, I just like, I love, like, I love the horsepower version of it. I love the feeling of it, the, the yeah. you know, everything about it. So oh, it's such a, it's such a cool world. You know, I've always wondered this and I, I'd be curious about your take speaking on, on kind of, you know, um, having, you know, whether they're the legends of the sport or not, but having kind of the, the air show greats, um, mentor and kind of pass the torch. I've always wondered, like, do, do you think that these air, that the air show pilots that obviously they love it, it's their passion. I mean, you talk to Michael Goulin, like the dude loves this stuff, you know, mm-hmm. Rob Holland loves this stuff, but do they, do you feel like they have a vested interest or that they care about passing the torch and having somebody else do air shows? It's, it's a weird uh, subset of the industry where like, you know, a lot of other industries or a lot of other facets or even hobbies or passions or, or industries, you have that where like, we got to keep this going, guys. There, there's we got to we got to really do it. Whereas yeah. I honestly have talked to more air show pilots that are and I, I don't mean this in a degrading way. It's going to sound like it, but it, it you have to be. But it, it is kind of self-serving. You kind of have to be selfish. You don't have to be a backstabber, but mm-hmm. you, you're really, you know, you got to do your own marketing. You got to get your own sponsorships. You got to figure out your own way to get uh, gas paid for and, and make some money and or break even, you know, whether it's. And then hope you don't throw a motor. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's only there's a few people in the industry that this is literally their career. I mean, right. most everybody else are airline pilots or or have another career or or have a way to kind of um, subsidize their air show flying. Um, how do you feel about like I would love to see that like a mentorship program and, and really, you know, fostering um, and keeping the air show industry alive. It just seems like, God, that, that mentality just I don't know. It just it seems to not exist. Yeah, I, I can agree with you. Um, I think that that's probably one of my biggest things that I, I would like to see, you know, as far as, you know, coming into the air show world. I mean, I've been flying air shows now for uh, 13 years. So, and I still probably consider myself a newcomer, I guess. Um, I don't know. I, but it's, it's, it takes a long time to build a reputation, you know, and you know, I wasn't, I didn't have anybody shirt tail to ride. I did it all on my own, you know, and for me, I guess it's kind of, you know, it's kind of like building a business, um, you know, and that's one of the challenges that I like in it, I guess, is, you know, I, you know, obviously me owning a business myself, that was, you know, I, I, I love, I love it. So for me, that's, this is kind of what it is. And, you know, I, I like to, that's, that's what I'd like to do. And so I don't know, but I, I think that the world, I don't know, as far as the air show world, I think that, I think that they, you know, I don't know. I don't know how you do it. I don't have an answer for it as far as how you do yeah. it or not. So, um, but I, it would be cool to see some kind of, you know, a mentorship program that they, um, would you know some of these veterans in the industry would could maybe shed some light to some of these other people and 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 you know teach them the booking process and help them get into shows because honestly like i mean to get into air shows it's 
it takes years to get into somewhere of caliber. Like I, like yeah. I can honestly remember, I mean, Hill Air Force Base is 20 miles away from me. And I, it took me seven years to get in there. And, yeah. and, you know, and I, and I, and it's like, you, you have to walk a fine line where you, you have to be friends with them and, but not pester them. Because as you know, sure. like if you're, if you're a complete freaking pain in their ass, they're never going to hire you, but you got to find yeah. a way that's creative to get in front of them to market and, and build a relationship with them for three or four years. And see, like Seattle was the same way for me. It took me about three years to get into Seattle and I have been hired there every year since. That's you amazing. Know? And so, so like once you're in, you're in. Right. And so it's kind of one of those things that, and then some of them, like I, the, you know, I'll never get in, but that's just how it is. You just, you know, work and, and hopefully maybe someday there's something, you know, a hole that opens up and maybe you can shoe in somehow but do you have any plans to go to oshkosh uh, next year uh, yeah i'd love to um it's uh it's it's definitely on my uh on my list of things to places to fly in my life you know i mean i have i have no plans on retiring anytime soon i mean i'm here for a while so um so i mean yeah definitely i mean i for sure i'd love to fly there so that'd be sick. Yeah. I'd love to see you fly that show. It'd be so, nice because he get some title, title sponsorship acts and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, uh, it'd be wild. It'd be wild. Does Lucas, well, do that's like something with- that Lucas would bring. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? I mean, cause those shows that it is kind of about the title sponsorship and getting the, uh, that's more. And, and Brad, maybe you can correct me uh, if I'm wrong. I probably am, but shows like that tend to be more aimed towards the sponsor wanting to get their face out more than, an air show booking the performer for the act. Yeah. I Is mean, that kind of right? Yeah, you're right. I mean, for sure. You're, you're definitely not, I mean, it's not an, an air show you're going to get paid for. I mean, it costs you money. So, you know, yeah, you gotta have, yeah. you gotta have some kind of funding or something or to that aspect of getting there and getting into it and, and et cetera. So, you know, those aspects are certainly coming into place for me now. Um, you know, and maybe down the year that'll work out. So, yeah. um, you Does know, Lucas again, have a jet it, car like, uh, dragsters or what? I'm just thinking that. Osh- yeah. I don't think Oshkosh had a, uh, a jet car on the runway this past year. Right, Mark? Usually I don't they know. Do. I don't know if shock shockwave was there or not. I, I, uh, didn't, I don't remember. Yeah. I thought I remember Luke, seeing Lucas. that. Uh, yeah, yeah, Lucas sponsors several jet cars. They have Mark Stevens still, and and uh, the Franco Tony Franco does. You know, obviously the terminal yeah, velocity and cool to get terminal velocity that yeah. and, and so, let you guys do a couple uh, passes down the runway. Yeah, it'd be cool for sure. Yeah. So, what what are your ultimate goals with with flying air shows, Brad? I I mean, and I actually kind of want to. Uh, you know what? Hold that thought because I kind of want to step back. <laughs> um, you know, you, you kind of told us how you, how you got into air shows, but, um, I guess you didn't tell us why you wanted to get into air shows. Is there something like, have you always wanted to do air shows or, uh, you start, I mean, you said you started flying aerobatics. You kind of, um, you know, were, were, I don't know, passion into it, I guess. But, but, um, yeah. How did you actually, how did you actually like make that, that kind of, that, that turn in the fork of the road and go, you know what? I'm doing air shows. Um, 
What, what is so, that like? So honestly, like when I first started flying with Wayne back in 06, um, it always intrigued me a little bit. Like I never had any, like I, I never had any, like, I don't know, desire at that point to like working towards flying in an air show. Um, at that point, like I was just, I mean, I was so green in it, but you know, like, and I met Bill and I watched Bill fly out there at, at Mets airport, you know, and watched his patented knife edge spin. I'm like, my gosh, that is the coolest damn thing I've ever seen, you know? And I'm like, I just really want to freaking do this. And like, so after like, I don't know, probably like three years of working, you know, solidly with Wayne, he's like, you know, he's like, I really think you have what it takes to do, um, to do some of this stuff. And he goes, you might, he goes, you interested in maybe trying it? And I'm like, I don't know. I, I mean, I, it just scared the hell out of me thinking about it, you know, like, and I don't know, like, cause I was, I'll be, I'll be straight honest with you. Like when I, when I, when I first started flying air shows, like I was so nervous, like, I mean, to the point that I, like I couldn't sleep for like four days prior to it. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and, and I'm like, and you know, and even when I would, even when I would fly these things, I'm like, but once I got in the airplane and started flying, I was fine. But leading up to it, like I had anxiety so damn bad, I couldn't stand it, you know? And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, gosh, I mean, like, but, but eventually those, those things started to soften, you know? I mean, you think about, you know, you're, you just don't want to screw up and you don't want to make an ass out of yourself in front of, and piss somebody off. And it's like, you're never going to, you know, don't ever hire him or, or let him come there, you know? And so yeah, yeah. those are, those are some of the things that, you know, but I think I flew, I flew one air show my first year and then I flew like three the next. Um, and I think the next year after that, I probably flew like three or four, um, and, it, and again, when you're starting out, it's very hard because you're, I mean, people look at you, you know, you got a level four waiver at 800 feet and they're thinking, holy crap, this guy's just a huge risk to my show, you know? Yeah. And so you kind of got to find some shows that are, that are just smaller stuff to work into. It's not like you're going to go fly a big show. So, um, but you know, like, I don't know, over time I just worked it and, I actually, you know, got to be really good friends with Buck Roteman. Um, and, oh, yeah. you know, he's another really good friend of mine and Gary Rower, both, um, you know, so they're, they're some of the Colorado guys and, and, you know, Gary's out or Buck's out of Georgia, you know, became really super good friends with these people. That's and awesome. So I don't know. It's, you know, it's definitely, you, you make a lot of friendships and in, in this and, so, and some of these people, you know, they're generous enough to, to give you pointers and, you know, tell you what looks good and what doesn't. And, you know, I've never been truly offended by anything, what anybody says. I've always take it, you know, for what it's worth. And if I'm doing something wrong or they can help me, that's great. You know, what was so, the most memorable air show uh, that you can look back on, you know, good or bad? Oh man. I, okay. So good, good air show for me. Like my, like probably the, <laughs> the coolest air show definitely was Seafair the first time. When, I mean, where is that? That must've been wild. Seattle. Okay. Um, 
the worst and air what they show. do, dude, they, they, they fly over like, you know, it's kind of, I, I mean, you could describe it way better than I could, but it's, it's a very unique air show. Cause it's not on the airport. It's, it's kind of like over the water. Um, yeah, it's over like in Washington. Seattle. Like, yeah. So yeah. So what I, happened? Um, <laughs> I got that air show in 2016. Um, and, I remember John Clout was there the first year, and and so was Sean Tucker. Um, both of them, John is actually a really good friend of mine too. So Sean, I didn't really know all that well, um, but he gave me a lot of really really good advice as far as trying to stay in the box. It's a very very short box. It was you know it's only four thousand feet long, and you're on open water, and all they have is four corner markers with yellow buoys out there on the water that you got to stay within and it, and it becomes kind of challenging. Um, and you know, he's, he gave me some great advice as far, you know, cause obviously he had been there numerous times and flown that air show. And like, it's, it became one of my most favorite venues. Like I love it. This, you know, you have, it's July, it's hotter than hell inland and it's 70 degrees there. And you got no no density altitude and all the performance in the world and <laughs> you know, a rocket ship between, you know, your legs. And so, um, but yeah, that that's probably like has, was definitely like probably one of my most memorable experiences. I would say that my, my least favorite one that I've done and it's no like, it's no disrespect to there. So it was, I flew at Reno, in 2018 it was the hardest air show i've ever done oh jeez, um, what happened <laughs> six 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 days of doing the same and same routine in oh the most gosh. challenging conditions i've ever had to fly in i mean if it you've gets ever nasty been, in reno if you've ever been at reno if the wind blows every single day and it's on crowd at 25 knots you know oh, <laughs> so it it it, be, it was it was very exhausting. So, um, but again, like you learn a lot as far as, you know, trying to, you know, flying, flying at different venues all over the country and different atmospheres. Like, I feel like I could go back there now and the wind could be doing the same thing and I would do just fine because I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot more about wind correction angles and what you have to do as far as, you know, to, to keep your airplane in the box when you, when it's blowing this direction, you know? Um, so yeah, it was just, it was, it was, a, it was a very challenging moment for me. <laughs> I remember calling yeah. my dad and telling him that I was like, <laughs> I'm like, cause he would call, like he called me up that night and was asking me, you know, how things went. And I'm like, you know, honestly not good. I was like, I just feel like I suck. And, <laughs> oh my God. and, you know, like, so, but again, you want, I mean, everybody under the sun is there, you know? And so like, I, I just, you want to do your best. And I just felt like I did, I, I wasn't doing my best. And so, but again, like I remember Wayne, Wayne came down and, and Jim Pites both were there and, and I, and sat down with me on Saturday morning and, and like talked about, you know, what is your challenging moments? Like, let's, you know, think about this and let's do this. And you know what? I went out there and I actually did really well. They so, smoked it. And, you know, so those are just things that you learn over the years of, 
you know, in the, in the industry, it just takes time and experience. So, um, but yeah, it's, I mean, every different place is, is a little bit different, you know, it's challenging. So is there an air show in particular that, that would be, yeah, I know we mentioned Oshkosh. I don't know if that would be your answer, but, um, is there an air show that you really want to fly, um, at the top of your list? Huntington beach. Oh, okay. So that's, that's gotta be the new Mecca, right? Yeah. That's, I've wanted to do it for five years and I, you know, I, I told Ken Ashmore, I was like, someday I'm never going to quit. I'm never going to quit asking, man. I want to come fly your show. So you know what? You just got to sign, sign the contract with us and consider it done. <laughs> <laughs> My beach guys, man. The 1981 white limo with red interior will be picking you up as soon as you sign. The red Mark, what, Mark, what are we giving out for signing bonuses these days? <laughs> oh, um, you get, well, first of all, you get a gold star. Okay. Yep. Um, and and that's a sticker, okay? So, um, and it's a high quality sticker. Pit um, vipers, nice box. Yeah, a uh, thing of pit viper. You know, pair of uh, pit vipers. Box chardonnay. Yep. And the uh, uh, cherry tomato you know, box chardonnay. Not grown. It's still in the yep. seed. You have to water it, no, but it's, it's a seedling. Give you. Yeah. It can feed you forever. Keep you. Keep our yeah. pilot uh, fed. In a, a case of Lucas <laughs> Slickness, right? There we go. But, well, you give, maybe you not give a that case, but you know, two no, two bottles, <laughs> two bottles, Wait, <laughs> two bottles, but only one sprayer. So, like, you oh. gotta, you know, you gotta, yeah. Gotta uh, I would buy that sprayer by the gallon if I could. I love that stuff. I almost want to brush my teeth with it. I'm they surprised actually, they don't sell it by the gallon. So they're building a new one that's a ceramic finish. I don't know. If they're just that's gonna be awesome. It. So that's gonna be the that's gonna be the cat's meow there. What is it? So, it's a ceramic. What does so, that mean? It's a um, coating. It's a, it's a coating that it's a ceramic fi- uh, coating that that they have that comes in a bottle, just like the Slick Mist. It'll be a really good product. So, but it's the same stuff. Oh, it's different. A little bit different, but it'll, it. So, yeah, it's it's. I don't know if you know anything about like automotive finishes. Like they put the ceramic coats on them after they're painted. And they make them look really, really shiny. Oh, so, yeah, and it protects it so, for like, like I, I'm big into auto detailing, and right. um, all my cars have a five year. Like I, I'll, I have a bunch of polishers and all that stuff, and um, all my cars have a five year ceramic on it. It's a little liquid. You basically oh, you, sure. you spread it out, let it level, and and buff it off, and um, really, does, but the, the paint has the to be corrected and all that. Maybe I should do that. Um, I think theirs is just a spray on stuff that's just like kind of like a detailer type with ceramic in it. Yeah. So it's not going to be Ooh, like probably add, add a couple months protection kind of thing. Right. Yeah. If you want to, yeah. and all, all kidding aside, I mean, if you want, we'll pay for it. I don't care. But if you want to send us some stuff and then we'll do it, we'll talk about it on, on an episode when we don't have a guest. Well, we can do we'll a product review it. on it. Absolutely. I'd love yeah, to use cool. it on the extra. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. I'll get some stuff. Sweet. We can do that for sure. Yeah, man. So, Sweet. um, so where can every, we got to start wrapping up because it's 1142 here on the East coast. And, uh, <laughs> right. We've, almost, we've had you almost uh, for two hours. If you can believe it. Nice. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> so where can He's like, God, I can't you? wait to get off this freaking podcast. <laughs> it's all good. 
<laughs> I love it. So are you on social media with the, uh, with the air show gig and everything like that? Where can, where can people find you? Um, I have a Facebook page, uh, Brad Worst and Power Dixon Air Shows is the page for the air show or just my name, Brad Worston. So, awesome. um, and then Instagram, I have fly inverted or fly underscore inverted underscore 300. So, um, Oh my God. I'm just looking now. We are not friends on Facebook. I just added you. Oh, that's, that's, that's the first problem right there. He's awesome to follow, dude. If you, if you guys want to follow anybody that just loves hot rotted stuff, you got to follow Brad. (laughs) Yeah. He's got it all. Smiles for gallon, dude. I love that. That's That's the best saying ever. That's what it's called. So I love it. I love it. Everything um, I you want to give everything. some shout outs? <laughs> it, no, I, I said everything I own burns a ridiculous amount of fuel. So. <laughs> do you I'll have a that, do you have a giant uh you know like uh ten thousand gallon tank of uh of mo gas at your house? <laughs> I need power it. all your stuff. I need <laughs> it for sure. VP one ten would be a great sponsor. <laughs> Oh my <laughs> gosh. All right. You hear that? Uh, VP racing fuels. Come on. Let's get Brad Worson sponsored. That's right. Have you, have you ever, have you ever tried running 110 in the, uh, in no. a light coming? No, I, so <laughs> I, I have drag boats and all kinds of stuff. And I, like I said earlier, I, I own a performance company for years that I built snowmobiles and I, I mean, I, I would build some of the most, wickedest looking sleds you've ever seen three to four to 500 horsepower with what oh my god 500 two, horsepower in a snowmobile <laughs> holy two shit. stroke motors you know i build them all oh out of billet all cnc machine billet motors and it's insane so that is yeah, freaking wild. i mean how much boost were you running on them were you running turbos or, or something like that yeah so i actually had a got it, I got a a twin ver a twin cylinder that's a eleven hundred cc motor that I built that's uh, fuel injected with the turbo on it. I mean it builds. I mean r- we run those motors um, probably around twenty pounds of boost will make right around four hundred horsepower. <laughs> so, hell yeah, hell yeah. But oh. I mean, you're talking really a really fast sled. <laughs> you know, you know. I mean, you could, there's what's the fastest thing. you ever been on a snowmobile? So I have a I have a big triple. That's a 1,700cc triple that I built um, that I had two stages of nitrous on it. Um, that sled is probably the fastest sled, naturally aspirated motor. I mean, probably pushing 500 horsepower on on nitrous would put down about 115 mile an hour track speed up the hill. I mean, you're talking uphill at 10,000 feet. So, oh, my, oh my God. God. You know, I mean, <clears throat> I used to do... You're like the Vin Diesel of snowmobiles. Well, used to be. <laughs> I'm getting too old for that shit now. So, you know, I live my life one snowmobile at a time. Right. <laughs> we just need we need to see a billet IO 580 copy that makes 800 horsepower. Well, if you so, if you want to know the honest truth, so I don't know if you are you friends with Steve. Uh, um, the Highlander guy. What's his name? Steve. Uh, oh, I don't know. Oh, is it the Yellow Highlander? Yeah, Steve. Let's I can't see, remember his, his last name. name. I, I know who you're talking about. 
I'll look it up here real quick. It's uh, Steve Henry. So he builds those Highlanders okay. with those tur- turbocharged Apex motors in them. Yeah. So I actually built a so I built a four cylinder fourteen hundred cc four stroke motor that was all built for some these pro outlaw guys back east that they put these. I mean, they have these sleds. They cost like one hundred and fifty thousand bucks. They're all billet. What? And, and they'll put. 60 pounds of boot, 60 pounds of boost on methanol on these things. I'll make a thousand horsepower. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, and I mean, it's That's incredible. And anyways, I've, I've always told, I've always told Patrick, I'm like, man, I'm like, we could build one of these motors and have 700 horsepower, like reliably. Reliable. Yeah. 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 And it weighs 150 pounds. Oh my God. You know, that would be that insane. It's so, insane. You know, these motors turn, you know, 12, 13,000 RPM. You have a gear reduction off the front of them. And then, you know, to gear reduct it down to, you know, three grand for a prop. So, but they, I mean, they're capable of making some massive power, you know, and wow, that's what Dell was talking to me about when he came down. Um, Cause Eddie built that, that, that carbon fiber airplane. I don't know what the name of it is, but he's like, man, he's like, we should put one of your billet motors in that thing. <laughs> that thing would rip in and that. I'm like, God, I've blown up more shit in my day than I was like, than I ever care to talk about. And I, and I was like, and I don't ever <laughs> trust myself. I just can't do it on a snowmobile motor. <laughs> oh so, my God. That, anyway. That's freaking awesome. Because <laughs> knowing me, I, I like love to it. Tune it right to the edge and, Freaking break a rod in half and cut the motor in two, you know. Yeah. So well, you don't know where the limit is until you find it. That's right. And then you just back it down another pound, you know. That's it. So, <laughs> oh, we found the limit. How, how, Brad? How close are you to convincing yourself that it's okay to put nitrous in the MX two? <laughs> I don't need it. <laughs> and when? And when will we see this happen? <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you see Could the you, cowling on my airplane, it has fire coming out the side of the pipes, and that's probably about <laughs> what it would look like. Because you yeah. could probably you could hover really good with with a little shot, of, like a nice fifty shot of nitrous or something like that, you know, or right the top of the torque roll. <laughs> see, there you go. Now we have a use for the front seat, so we could strap a fifteen pound <laughs> bottle of nitrous in the front seat. You know? Yep. You yeah. know, all all kidding aside. Brad, all kidding aside, put the nitrous system in and then put the purge nozzles on it. So you don't have to use it, but just show up to an air show and purge, <laughs> purge <Yeah>. the nitrous. <laughs> just to let people think. Oh that my God. Nitrous. How funny would we'll, that be? <laughs> we'll look like street outlaws of the air show biz, yeah. right? Yeah. That, and that yeah. And you got to, you got to talk to Goodyear and get them to make aviation grade slick tires. <laughs> Now you're on to something. See, now we're going somewhere. <laughs> I'm telling you. This is, I, I feel like we should get you to sign before we, we keep giving you all these grandiose ideas. That's right. <laughs> now, now, Mark, we're losing money right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, Brad. Oh, we, better, we better cut you loose. Um, can You, you want to give uh, some uh, shout-outs to your sponsors? You want to plug air show dates? Anything you want, uh, podcast is yours. Yeah, believe it or not, uh, we get a lot of listeners. <laughs> so, yeah, I definitely want to, you know, thank uh, Lucas Oil. I've been with those guys for five years. Um, this will be my uh, sixth year coming up next year uh, for, you know, let me work with them, being an ambassador for those people. You know, 
uh, definitely, uh, my mom and dad have been a huge supporter of me my whole life. Um, want to thank them. My dad is like probably my number one fan. Um, my kids for sure. Uh, definitely, uh, Mitch, believe it or not, <clears throat> has become a really good friend of mine. Um, he's been there. I've had, you know, he's, he's much more to me than just a business guy. He's, he's a great friend. Uh, so, and, uh, MX aircraft for building probably the baddest ass airplane I've ever flown. So for sure. I mean, those guys are, they're top notch. I think they're going places. Um, they, they, I think they have a real bright future. So that's great to hear. That's really great to hear. I agree. You know? So, yeah, I'm excited but, for them. I want more MXs. I mean, I'm an extra fanboy, no doubt, but we need variety. And, you know, bravo to that guy, Jack. I don't know him, but it's it's freaking awesome that he's taking that company over and producing airplanes. That's that's definitely not a small, small st- uh, undertaking to take. For sure. Yeah. You know, um, Pit Viper's been Pit Viper's coming on board where we're a bunch of rednecks here. And uh, <laughs> we just got to figure out a creative way to start marketing the MX2 with some pit vipers, you know. So maybe we'll have to yeah. have another episode on that. We should definitely do that. And Absolutely. I think Macho Man, Randy Savage, Bozo, Pit Viper, right. Nationals 22. And uh, America 2000s for them, you know. Hell yeah. There hell we yeah. go. Hey, if you were. <laughs> yeah. If, Nat, how far away are you from? Uh, I know we got to let you go here, but really quick, how far away are you from Salina, the Nationals? California? Like a, no, Salina, Kansas. Uh, Kansas. Oh, We're Kansas? I don't know, three hours. Would you ever come down so, there to, to do like a uh, not a, not even a part of the contest, but like like in like a flyer air show one day and just hang out and and set up the Lucas tent and let us all fanboy over you? Would you ever consider doing that if uh, if Jim? What Burke time of the year is it? Oh gosh, September twenty third, I think. So if I don't have, I mean, if I didn't have anything going on for sure, like I, I would, yeah, I'd look into it. It would be fun. And, yeah, that'd be cool to bring so, Lucas down there too. You know, because everybody uses the product. It's a sick yeah. product. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and even yeah, unveil the new ceramic stuff. There you go. Hand so, them all yeah. out. So Hell yeah, man, love it. So, but yeah, I. I Whenever they get that date or something like that, I'll you know I'll probably have my air show schedule built probably by. It generally takes me till end of February to get everything you go, lined up. You're gonna go to ICAS. Yeah, I have a booth. So nice. But yeah, we'll go down and see what we can accomplish. I have a lot of a lot of really great prospects. I think uh, working with John Melby coming up uh, in the years to come is going to be a great thing for both of us. Um, and broaden the horizon for us. I think we have a lot, a lot more to offer in the industry rather than just a solo routine. It, you know, it gives something else. It's, you know, another viable option that you can offer the show, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I love it. You know, those are things that are, you know, on my horizon as far as where I want to go. And, um, I'm here to stay, you know, I, you know, I'm invested. I, I, I don't know. I just love doing it. So good stuff. Yeah, well, we love, we love watching you do it. And, um, absolutely. I think, I think you're an awesome air show pilot, man. And, and please keep going. 
you got a sick routine, sick airplane, and uh, you're doing a lot for the youth, which is the best. It's the best ever. So really, thank yeah, you. I couldn't and, agree uh, more. And Brad, this is your podcast uh, platform anytime you want, man. Anytime you want to come on, you want to plug a new Lucas product or a new sponsor or air show dates or talk some smack, we're here anytime you want. You just you come reach out and we'll we'll be here. All right. We are, we'll have to get Mitch online one day. That's what we need to do. Oh my god. He's still <laughs> that would break the internet. He's in jail. <laughs> <laughs> He's in jail again. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Yeah, we got to get him on. We'd love to talk I, to him. I call him Malkovich, by the way. So when you talk to him, <laughs> I'm gonna call him. Matt. I'm gonna I'm gonna send him a message. What's up, Malkovich? That's right. Love it. Oh, that's too funny. <laughs> so, all right, Brad. Well, we won't take up any more of your time. Uh, we super appreciate you coming on, and uh, um, yeah, thanks, man. Look forward to seeing you, uh, you and Lucas racing in 2022, man. All right, let's do it. Cool, man. So, See you right. later. Yep. Thanks again. Thanks. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fly Cool Shit. Be sure to check out our website at www.flycoolshit.com. Subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes and Spotify. Any questions, comments, or feedback, shoot us an email at flycoolshit at gmail.com. 